0: Hi, readers, this is Kari. Watch this episode on YouTube to find what we really thought of this book. We're actually going to have a little chat after the show, and that will be on YouTube. See you guys over there. Bye.
1: When Chloe Davis was 12, she learned that her father was a serial killer. It's been 20 years since, and recent reports of missing girls feel eerily familiar. Mm. Is it possible her father? Is the cause or is there a copycat killer close to Chloe? The book, a flicker in the dark. The author, (laughs) Stacey Willingham. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's Let's get get lit! lit! Hi, readers. This is Alexis. And this is Carrie, And you're listening to Lit Society, a podcast about books and a little drama. Yeah. Maybe you're watching us too on the YouTube. We are a video podcast.
0: Hi. Hey, Hi.
1: Kari, <laughs> yeah. I know you've been a few times to Louisiana, right? Sure. Yeah. What do you like about the areas that you visited? Um, I've
0: only visited New Orleans And oh. I love the food oh, cool. um,
1: Yeah I really love the food I love the food and the history there And the people Okay well as you know our book Takes us into Louisiana That's right mm-hmm. And the town where our protagonist Is from where she grew up Is called Bow Bridge Now what do you think Is that a real town Oh I think so And it mentions a crawfish festival. Do you think it's a real festival? Yes, that I do. 100, 500 percent. (laughs) Okay, you're right on both accounts. (laughs) Yay. As you know, readers, each week we select a theme to discuss, inspired by the book that we're reading. In an effort to keep the theme lighter this week, I've decided (laughs) the theme will be Festivals of Louisiana, particularly food festivals.
0: I love that because uh, this book has got some dark moments, so we're going to keep it light before we take you down to the pits (laughs) of
1: despair. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, I selected a few because like many states, there are quite a few festivals, including the State Fair. That counts as a food festival. Right, sure. And then... That's happening. The Louisiana State Fair is happening in October and November of this year. And then they have their food and wine festival. And that happens in September. Have you ever traveled for a festival? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think so. I would like to. I, haven't. Yeah, I think so. I think that would be fun to do. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, at least Essence Fest, which I know you habitually attend.
1: <laughs> you like have a panel there, right? Oh, stop it! I um, love the essence fest. I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> listen. Let's start with the festival in the book, Bow Bridge Crawfish Festival. Do you eat crawfish? I find it's too much work for me. Maybe I don't
0: know how Ooh. to do it correctly. So I actually shy away from crawfish. I heard I'm missing out.
1: You are. I've come to love it. Okay. I so what's the trick out. to eat them like quicker? The, like the regulus. You you um, suck the shell like
0: a straw? Mm-hmm, it's disgusting. Shy. No, <laughs> I'm not judging just because
1: I can't do it. Yeah, girl, that stuff is good. Whatever that is.
0: <laughs> the uh, Like soup. It's like it makes its own stew in its shell. Sure, Ooh, it's sure.
1: So I'm a vegetarian now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. So this Bowbridge Crawfish Festival happens the first full weekend in May. Restaurants about restaurants in Bowbridge were the first to offer crawfish openly on their menus, and crawfish étouffée was created there. Bowbridge is considered the crawfish capital of the world. Mm-hmm. At this festival, you can sample crawfish dishes prepared every way imaginable: fried, boiled, étouffée, bisque, bodine, pie, jambalaya, <laughs> pie. <raw> dogs, <laughs> along with other Cajun and Creole favorites. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. It does, doesn't it? I mm-hmm. could go. I could do it. Yeah, I could too. They also have a Louisiana crawfish. Festival. It's actually this weekend, and I think it's Calmet, and people from all over the U.S. come to enjoy it. Mm. Boiled crawfish with all the fixings and crawfish dishes such as crawfish bread, never heard of it. Crawfish <laughs> pasta, crawfish pies, crawfish <laughs> rice, crawfish jambalaya, Okay. <laughs> There's also a crawfish étouffée cook-off. So that's that. Sounds good. So they got a bunch of them. Listen, they got a a meat pie festival. I'm not going to go into that, but they got it. It's in September. <laughs> and they celebrate meat pie. Now, you <laughs> usually associate meat pie with uh, the islands, maybe? Oh, Do patties, you? sure, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the same thing. They they love it. Oh, okay. They have the Shreveport stuffed shrimp festival. It's family friendly. It celebrates the unique style of <laughs> <Wait>. stuffed shrimp. <laughs> Are some of these food festivals not family friendly? Apparently, what's going down at the food festival? They're okay. branded family friendly. Okay, that's all okay. I got to <laughs> say about that. Anybody in Louisiana, y'all, let, let us, us know. know. <laughs> um, it was popularized in in Shreveport. That is stuffed shrimp. So that's celebrated May Fourteenth. It's a one-day festival. They also have a festival. Called the Black Pot Festival, mm-hmm. it's um, a cook-off festival, and attendees get to show off their skills in the areas of gumbo, jambalaya, <laughs> uh, cracklings, and dessert. So I that one interests me a great deal because I love to see big pots of food, big black <laughs> pots of food. There's something about it, you like just a crack want of- pot like a Dutch oven. Not even a Dutch oven. If you look on the website, it's really a big, large pot.
0: Like okay. you can cook
1: it over fire. Mm-hmm. Open fire. You know, you could just like scoop in a metal cup and eat some of it. Mm-hmm. That excites me. <laughs> <laughs> so then they got this one that's a French one. And I can't really say it, but the... um. English version of it is Roasted Suckling Pig Festival Mm. and nothing but roasted pigs. Roasted pigs. And we've had roasted pig before and it was delicious. Well, to me it was. (laughs) That was in Cuba. Oh yeah, we did. (laughs) So, So this festival is May 13th. And finally, I'll talk about the Oak Street Po' Boy Festival. The Oak Street Po' Boy Festival. I would love that. You would. You like Po' Boy sandwiches. (laughs) I do. (laughs) All right. What was your favorite one? Mm, Probably catfish. Why is it called Po' Boy? Because poor boys used to um,
0: put everything they could in between the bread, I think. I don't know. Sorry.
1: But that is what it's from, a poor boy. Okay. So it is... The first Sunday in November, and it's known, the po' po boy sandwich is in other parts of the country, a submarine sandwich, Um, also a hoagie, but New Orleans is po' boy, and it's a unique New Orleans and Louisiana creation. Um, so they celebrate the colorful story behind it. And that and that's the festivals of Louisiana. Love it. So
0: now I'm ready to travel. Let's go back back okay. to the Crescent.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if there are any other festivals in Louisiana food specifically that we should know about, let us know because I might be inclined, okay? Incline, I'm telling mm-hmm. you.
0: Yeah, I, last time I was in um, New Orleans, maybe f- five year, four years ago now, I stayed in the French Quarter for no reason. And I said, <laughs> I don't have to do this again. <laughs> but if I was just a little more civilized in my choice, I would have been back there a few times. Because I've been there like a few times. Yeah. And this last time I said, I am retiring from the city of New Orleans. However, I'm ready to go back. You're I was just
1: kidding. <laughs> I'm ready to go back, especially after this theme. I'm hungry. I tease. I, I tease. I tease. I kid. I kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Why don't we take a quick break before we jump into the author and context? Sounds good. What can you show about the author and maybe a little context for this book? Well, Stacy Willingham earned her BA in magazine
0: journalism from the University of Georgia and an MFA in writing from Savannah College of Art and Design. So she's a Southern gal. Before turning to fiction, she Southern was a copywriter. Girl, I did a song. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Perhaps. So before turning to fiction, she was a copywriter and brand strategist for various marketing agencies, uh, which is what I do. Her books are being translated in over 30 languages today. She lives in Charleston, South Carolina with her husband and Labradoodle um, where she
1: is always working on her next book and that's what I have about Stacy. Okay well thanks for sharing now let's hear a brief synopsis without spoilers before our deep dive. No one ever considers what happens to the children
0: of serial killers. When police arrested Chloe Davis's father, her planet shattered. She'd forever question her judgment and identity. 20 years later, she's grown up and running her own private therapy practice. She seems to have it all together, but she must become more than a survivor when the killings start again. She must become the detective. Alexis, who do you think would love to read? A flicker in the dark, or who may be interested? Uh,
1: I think this book made me think of. I think the author is Lisa Jewell, for sure. <laughs> okay. Um yeah. it, it was something about the writing that um, the darkness. Yeah, that made me way. feel connected yeah. to her book. So, if you like Lisa Jewell, I think you would enjoy this book. I agree. Um. Kari, why did you choose this book?
0: Yeah, I don't know why I did this. Uh, I saw it on the list from Goodreads of thrillers Mm -hmm. of the year. And I said, sure. (laughs) That (laughs) never works out for me, by the way.
1: But we'll see how it turned out today. All right. So are you ready to take a spoiler-filled deep dive into A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham? I'm ready. Let's go.
0: We start with a prologue.
1: In it, we
0: have to question what is a monster? Is it a presence lurking under your bed or behind your skull? Our protagonist used to run home fearing monsters into the arms of her father as he held her one word rushed to her mind. Safety. But then she learned monsters don't lurk in the woods. They live among us, walking with us in plain sight. Part one. Doctor, heal thyself. Mm. So Dr. Chloe Davis is in her office and there's a client in her chair by the name of Lacey. Um, Listen to everything I tell you, please, about Chloe. The things I tell you about Lacey, just know it's part of the story, but... Mm, Okay, Lacey is a cutter. She's wearing a wooden bead rosary to cover up one of the scars from her self-inflicted wound. It may have started when Lacey's father left, the pain that she feels. He didn't even say goodbye. And Lacey's angry at everyone, including herself, for not being good enough to make him want to stay. But Chloe knows what it's like to have a dad leave, to go to school and everyone's talking about you. Chloe was 12 when it happened. Lacey, her patient, is 15. Chloe's brother was also 15 when their dad left. Well, not left, but something like that. We'll talk about it. When Lacey leaves her office, Dr. Chloe Davis calls the pharmacy for a Prozac prescription. That seems normal. But Mm -hmm. then Chloe calls in a prescription for Daniel Briggs, a prescription for Xanax. And the Xanax isn't for Daniel Briggs because the prescription is for Chloe. That's right. Chloe's abusing her power and buying prescription drugs for herself.
1: Big time. Big time.
0: As soon as she hangs up, the phone rings. It's a journalist. It's a 20-year anniversary. He calls to talk to Dr. Chloe Davis about her father. The journalist's name? Aaron Jansen with the New York Times. Chloe's angry about the call. Aaron says the public...
1: Too. I know.
0: Hello? Um, Chloe's like... Um, Or excuse me, Aaron says that the public wants to know how Chloe and her brother are doing. Angrily, Chloe responds, those girls are still dead and my father is still in jail. She hangs up. We are then taken to an early memory of Chloe, 12 years old. Her family's watching television with tears in their eyes. A local girl has gone missing. Then six girls are gone missing and their town is small. So it's an immeasurable weight on everyone. Who is next? That's what everyone is thinking. This was everyone's thought, and Chloe's always felt like she was the next one. It should be said, too, um, that the father was always like, Chloe, make sure you come in at a certain time. Chloe, I don't want you out there too long. And um, I think the mother, too, but really the father was trying to keep her safe. And her brother's like, he only, whoever it is, he only kidnaps pretty girls or something like that. I'm what with this. <laughs> but the brother's <laughs> like, Chloe, you fine. Stay out all night. Anyway. Part two, family and fiancés. She pops a Xanax on her way home from the office. Looking at her house, it seems to be the only one on the block that's lifeless. Even the porch light she never turns off is off. Something is up. Someone could be behind her and she never... Surprise! (laughs) Her fiancé has thrown her a surprise party with 30 friends because that's what you do to someone with a traumatic childhood. Her, her hand is wrapped tightly around the mace in her purse as she tries to gather herself and pretend to be delighted. Daniel, her fiance, lied about a work trip to surprise her. (laughs) He pulls her close and kisses her in front of everyone. One of those uncomfortable kisses that makes everyone look away. Her friend, Shannon, is there with her husband and stepdaughter. And Shannon's like, I love the little rug rat, but you know she's been sneaking out lately. Mm. (laughs) The stepdaughter feels even more uncomfortable than Chloe. The stepdaughter is probably the only one at the party who don't want to be there more than Chloe don't. Especially since she's grounded for sneaking out. So this is her punishment. Come yeah. to the adult party.
1: <laughs> Come to your parents
0: Because they don't party. trust her at home alone. Yeah. Well, anyway. How did Chloe meet Daniel? Let me tell you about their meet cute. They bumped into each other at Baton Rouge Hospital. He helped her with the box containing the contents of her office. She had just quit to start her own practice. Oh, that's about it. During the, party, <laughs> okay. during, during the party, Chloe's brother, Cooper, shows up. He calls out, don't worry. It's just me. I know you don't like to be surprised. His girlfriend isn't with him. They're no longer together, although both Chloe and Cooper liked her. He thinks it's too soon for her to marry Daniel. He's like, people don't understand you and I, Chloe. You know, mm-hmm. we have this root trauma that we share. And so we can never really... Uh, show people who we are. She's only known Daniel, by the way, for a year. And he feels like her brother feels like it's just too soon. And I want to make sure he's marrying you for the right reasons. This surprise party is evidence that Daniel doesn't really know you. He says we're different. Me and you never forget that. Mm. They start to argue and Daniel walked in on them, pulling Chloe closer to him while trying to diffuse the situation. Daniel, by the way, is gorgeous. He's blonde, muscular, beautiful. Chloe, girl, marry him. Don't listen to your brother. Don't listen to him. Get that man. (laughs) (laughs) he looked at her as if he were seeing an old friend. The next morning, Chloe is hung over because remember, she wasn't just drinking everything anyone handed to her. She also was on Xanax secretly. Daniel serves her breakfast and bread. And he's like, she's like, how did I get a guy like you? He's dressed well, though, she notices he's got a pharmaceutical conference to attend. Doesn't she remember? He says, don't you remember? I got that conference. Another conference. He's always out of town. Mm -hmm. Whatever. What happened? She doesn't remember, but she plays it off. He asked her about the argument that she had with her brother the night before. She let it slip that her brother is suspicious Daniel isn't marrying her for the quote unquote right reasons. And of course, Daniel's furious like he said that. Chloe assures him that she knows he's marrying her for love. I mean, for real, what's the other reason?
1: Yeah, I (laughs) mean, what is the other reason? Yeah, I don't know. Nowhere Mm. in there have they stated she got millions of dollars. Yeah.
0: And he's, Daniel's like well off too. He's got a good paying job. So they're both high earners. I don't know what Cooper means. But anyway, Chloe thinks about the joy they felt when shopping for a wedding venue soon after Daniel proposed. The estate where they'll be married is family owned. And the woman who owned the property gave them a tour. She said it's been in her family for generations. On the porch was a teenage girl. She
1: comes here to do her homework sometimes. <laughs> teenage, That's the, teenage, not, not elderly. N- no, the
0: grandma's elderly. She comes <laughs> here to do her homework
1: sometimes.
0: That's the oh, that's grandmother surprising. talking about her granddaughter. Uh,
1: oh, oh, yeah, sure, that makes the sense. The
0: girl seems shy. That's all. Leave that there. The ring he gave her, the ring Daniel gave Chloe, was a family heirloom, old in a way that couldn't be replicated, intricate in detail. July in Louisiana was the only date available, the month of a terrible anniversary. Let's move on. As Daniel drives away, Chloe thinks about the bottle of Xanax she secured using his name as a patient. It's tempting to run to that bottle for relief, but she swears that's only that's only for emergencies. And that's not why she became a doctor. She didn't go to all that schooling to write herself prescriptions and lose her license. She became a doctor because she understands trauma in a way um, others can you know school can't teach you she understands it deeply in her bones growing up all the doctors knew her and her brother and knew what was wrong with them they'd walk into the doctor's office and because the doctor already knew the case surrounding the family they were already telling them what was wrong with them yeah Yeah, already diagnosing them before they walked through the door and she became fearful of everything growing up feeling everything Cooper though her brother shrunk inside himself and felt nothing Mm. When her father was arrested, Chloe didn't first think of the girls. She thought of Burt Rhodes. Who is Burt Rhodes? We'll come back to that. Oh, Her father father was dragged across their living room floor by police. Mm. Be good was all he said as he watched his son and little girl. His glasses broke when they threw him in the police car. Bert Rhodes was his friend. When his daughter Lena went missing, uh, Bert Rhodes' daughter Lena went missing, Bert was inconsolable. He was on the news standing next to his wife. His wife was thinking of the future. She wanted her daughter back safely. Bert, however, was swallowed up in shame. He was supposed to be the protector and his daughter was gone. Really, Chloe knew the truth before they came for her father. Still, it shocked her to really realize what monster she was living with. Mm. The girls were never found. Today, she learns that a girl is missing and it throws her into a fit of anxiety. Girls go missing all the time, unfortunately, but it's something about this case that throws her back in the past. She joins a local search party. She's got to look for the girl along with everyone else. And they're in a graveyard, of course, looking for the girl. And a woman next to her finds something. And Chloe, do you remember what she does? The dumbest thing you can do. She picks up the item fine. With her hand. Who does that? Chloe reaches down and goes, oh, this?
1: She hasn't watched enough TV.
0: It's an earring. An officer takes it from her while wearing a gloved hand. It's really weird of you, Chloe. Flashback. So we're doing that again. We're in the past. We're in the future. We're in the in-between. Ah. So flashback (laughs) They're at the crawfish boil Alexis was telling us about at the beginning of the show It's a big deal And the girls there all seem to have a crush on Cooper He's gorgeous That's Chloe's brother remember Okay, But Chloe's a loner Still, her brother never teased her about it. In fact, he made sure she was never alone too long. He'd stand next to her, tease her. Um, Lena was also there, which was Burt Rose's daughter. She was a bad girl. She was always kind to Chloe, though, taking her under her wing, almost like a big sister. She saw Chloe standing with Cooper and showed them her belly button. It had like a firefly on it or something. Mm -hmm. And they all saw Chloe and Cooper's dad staring at Lena. While Lena had her shirt up.
1: Well, that's awkward.
0: Indeed. Chloe would never forget how free and fun Lena made her feel. And she'd never forget that firefly belly ring, which is why Chloe knew exactly who it belonged to when she found it in her dad's closet weeks later.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: The present!
1: <laughs> Are you annoyed yet? She <laughs>
0: receives a voicemail from the journalist Listen, the story's being written with or without you. I'll be talking to your father, too. Oh, Oh. terrible. That's a threat.
1: Flashback. This <laughs> when I was feeling comfortable. <laughs>
0: Whoa, dizzy. <laughs> after, Dick, after Dick Davis was arrested for being the serial killer everyone feared, pervert was sprayed on their family car. Someone threw a rock in her mother's bedroom, shattering glass all over her mother's body while she slept. A stranger would peek through the window with a b- bizarre fascination. Chloe actually ran outside and caught up with that stranger charging at him. And when she caught up with him, she realized he was a kid like her. Nobody. He said, I'm nobody. Until it was on the newspaper. (laughs) Until it was on the newspaper, Chloe never thought of her father as a serial killer, even though he was arrested. He was Mm -hmm. a gentle protector, an ideal dad, helping her ride a bike, reading to her at night. I mean, did serial killers do things like this? Yes, they do. She
1: was this rattled her right to hear don't you understand like mm -hmm. to the core i could see why she did was taking the um the xanax and all the other things seriously yeah
0: because it's like if i can be wrong about you i can't trust my judgment about anyone or anything i can't Mm -hmm. trust anyone that comes into my life because even my father was a serial killer and i didn't know hmm Mm. Until it was on the newspaper, Chloe never thought of her father that way. She remembered the way her dad watched Lena's 15-year-old body, though, and the firefly, uh, firefly belly button ring. Theo, her father's attorney, made a visit to their home. To avoid death, they were pleading guilty, unless their mother knew something she could share that would help them in court. And there was a pause, a weird pause when um, the mother was asked this. No, you know everything, she said. As part of the deal, Dick agreed to take authorities um, to the bodies. Actually, he did do that, right? But they didn't find all the remains. They didn't Didn't find the body. They didn't find the bodies. Mm -hmm. They just found like more evidence. It was weird. So at the sentencing, Dick made a statement uh, when asked why he did it. Oh, I'm sorry, not Dick, the father. Oh, yeah, Dick Davis. Yeah. Um, So Dick made a statement and he said, I have a darkness inside of me, a darkness that comes out at night. A single tear dropped down his cheek. I tried, but I couldn't fight it. It's like a shadow. It drew me in and swallowed me whole. He cried. Watching him, Chloe is disgusted. First of all, it felt like he was reading a script, casting the fault on this quote unquote darkness instead of on his own self. Um, and then watching him, she just got angrier and angrier. His face was on the television screen, and that's the last time she saw him on that screen. They found remnants of the girls, but no bodies. Animals must have gotten to them first, they said. But Chloe knew it was the truth because one night she had actually seen him emerging from the woods at a time when he thought no one was looking. Mm. She was looking out the window like,
1: why daddy coming from the woods
0: uh, with a shovel? And she
1: went to sleep. Two o'clock in the morning.
0: The present. (laughs) Chloe starts researching the New York Times journalist who's basically stalking her at this point. He's handsome, basic, not unique in any way. (laughs) (laughs) You know the type. He shops at Brooks Brothers in this day and age. (laughs) But it's clear he's made his living off of the pain of others. She thinks back to the journalists and reporters who profited and blamed her, her mother, and brother for the years, for years after her father's arrest, for the years that um her father spent as this evil man, and for for years after he was arrested, they're still blaming his family. It also came out during the trial that her mother conducted multiple extramarital affairs, including one with who, Alexis, Mister Rhodes. Bert Rhodes, Lena's father.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: After the sentencing, the mother had tried to unlive herself. Before Chloe can continue researching the New York Times journalist, a headline grabs her. Aubrey's body was found. That's oh, no. the missing girl. Mm. Flashback. Oh, boy. Slow down. <laughs> Growing up. Boys in her class would cut her arm to show how much they hated violence against women, completely missing the irony. She was a, I always want to say piranha, pariah Pariah. in her town. She remained isolated. It had been weeks since she spoke to another person when she finally called Daniel and they went on their first date. He knew nothing about her. It was like he hadn't Googled her. She definitely Googled him. He never even heard of Dick Davis. She eventually told him everything, and he assured her that he knows how she felt because when he was a teenager, her his uh, sister went missing, and they were like,
1: "Oh, did my daddy kill your sister?"
0: I know that's awkward, right? My dad killed your sister. Her name was Sophie. She was thirteen. Between her and um,
1: Daniel, they don't really know. Maybe, maybe her daddy did it. Maybe he didn't. Maybe the idea that it was possible is like, I don't think we should date. Nah, he's very attractive. So, the so, present. Forget that. Forget yeah, that. Oh. If you can
0: forgive it, I can I not think about it. Okay. So, the present. Chloe remembers the first time Daniel told her, I love you, Chloe. I don't know how he talked like
1: that, but he did. I don't know. I love you be you, coming Chloe. up with the voice and
0: <laughs> She was like, how? How do you love me? She enters her office. Remember, we're in the present. She sees her assistant, Melissa, and Melissa's face is red. She's been crying. And Chloe assumes it's because of Aubrey. Like, yeah, I saw that they found the body. And Melissa's like, what are you talking about? It's Lacey. So Lacey. Remember Lacey? Lacey was the cutter, the first patient that we met at the beginning of the book. Now she's gone missing. Oh, no. And what's worse? She was sitting in their lobby in Chloe's office only three days ago. Turns out she went missing immediately after her doctor's visit with Chloe. Chloe is the last person that would have seen her alive. Done, done, done. <laughs> so,
1: mm-hmm. do you have questions here when you read of them? Yeah, what are some of them? I'm leaning towards is Chloe a drug addict and a Ooh, little blackouts blackouts
0: but yeah and i'm like is she strong enough but they're all her victims are women possibly chloe strong enough to overcome these women so yeah i am putting the blame on chloe at this point because you've taken her credibility away from her not just because she uses drugs but because she is a doctor who lies to obtain drugs uh, which she then
1: uses now i really don't trust her so i'm mm-hmm. with you there mm-hmm. i got at some this other point suspicions in the book. as well Mm -hmm. you know I don't usually like to do that Mm -hmm. okay yeah look at Alexis trying to figure out the ending she don't do that y'all this is Mm -mm. exceptional Mm
0: -hmm. well listen two officers show up at Chloe's office Uh, one she remembers from the search for Aubrey he's the one who took the earring from her with a gloved hand Um, and he doesn't seem to recognize her thank goodness Chloe answers their questions flashback Chloe is thinking of the day she sat with her mom and two officers holding the jewelry contained containing Lena's Firefly belly ring. She had been playing dress up in her mother's closet. Um, She went to the back of her father's closet to find more things um, because she's trying to be like Lena, you know, like wear makeup and have fun. Um,
1: And she found this like,
0: (laughs) she found this box containing jewelry and inside was Lena's belly button ring. And she knew right away it was her dad that had been unliving all these girls. So anyway, the present. Chloe goes to visit her mom. Can you describe the facility
1: her mom's in or the the state her mother is in right now? So she's in a state where she can't speak, but her eyes can move. And Chloe has come up with a way that she can communicate with her mother. I -hmm. mean, she doesn't use it all the time, but she can see that if her mother blinks once or I think it's taps her finger, she can... She knows that her mother understands her and can reply to her, but she doesn't speak at all.
0: It seemed when the father was arrested that Chloe's mom just disconnected from life. She tried to take her own life, um, basically abandoned her children emotionally and wanted to abandon them physically. So there's some resentment there um, with the kids. Yeah, they put her in a facility. They don't really check in on her that often. Um, and yeah, she, she had a stroke, I think, uh, when she hung herself. And so she is in bad sorts. So Chloe's neglected her mom, but Chloe felt neglected by her first. Chloe was the one who found her body, by the way, mm. in the same closet where she first found that infamous jewelry box. So then her brother, Cooper, tried to resuscitate before calling 911. Although suffering from brain damage, as Alexis said, the mom taps her finger in a way that makes Chloe believe that her mom understands what's being said to her, even though her mom can't communicate. She describes the situation with the missing girls to her mom, and her mom gets a look in her eye as if she wants to say something. The nurse walks in, startling Chloe, and the nurse tells her mom, you're getting all kinds of visitors this week, aren't you? I said, well, who won't Excuse me? My mom ain't got no friends. Who visited? Oh, did my brother stop by? Chloe asked. No. Sponsored the nurse, another man, a family friend, he said he was, trendy looking, visiting from the city. Chloe describes the look of the journalist that's been trying to find her. And the nurse goes, that's the one, Aaron Jansen with the New York Times. Chloe calls Aaron and he is unapologetic, eager to make. He's like, yeah, I told you I was going to do this. I'm doing it. So eager to make him stop. Chloe's like, fine, I'll meet you at a coffee house. Don't contact any more of my family members. Okay. Mm. When he arrives, he's attractive in a nondescript way. Like he could blur into a background. He's got biceps she didn't expect to see though. He's also arrogantly (laughs) calm. (laughs) He's late when he gets there. He takes his time to order a coffee. And she's like, hello, I'm sitting right here. He tells her he thinks there's a copycat killer. Uh, Yeah, serial killer on the loose trying to duplicate her father's work. Mm -hmm. When she gets home, Daniel is cooking and he's perfect. She's thinking again like, how are you so perfect and how are you with me? She tells him about the cops showing up to her office and he's furious. They start talking about the missing girls and it's clear that Daniel has been closely following each case down to how long it took authorities to find the first body. How does he know so much? Has he been keeping up with the case while traveling for business? As the night closes, he makes swirls around her neck with his fingers. And the next morning, ooh, during an intimate moment, he wraps his fingers around her neck and she recoils from him. He seems mortified, like, I'm sorry, did I hurt you? Soon she receives a call. The police found her body, Lacey's. Where did they
1: find it, Alexis? In the back of her office building, Girl. a spot that she could actually see from, from her window. From her window. Mm.
0: They asked her to visit the body to identify it. This didn't feel true to me. This was weird. Um, yeah, why would she, was she the do last. It? Yeah, I don't know. She has Since parents. she's the last one to see it, they say. Like, you're the last one to see Lacey come identify the body. I don't know. Chloe thinks that this is the first time she's actually seen a dead body. She's been around death her entire life, but she's never seen a dead body. Mm. She does notice one thing, though. That rosary Lacey was wearing around her wrist to camouflage the scar is gone. Flashback. Ooh. Coming home from the police station. Um. So remember that Chloe found that box. Her and her mom talked the, to the police. Right. And then the police were, was like, do you want to stay somewhere safe or what do you want? And the mom was like, he won't hurt us. We're going home. Weird. So they come home and they're like, uh, shaking and scared. And dad's like, where you been? And then Chloe goes upstairs um, and the dad stops the mom at the stairs and is like, is there something you're not telling you, telling me? And then they talk and Chloe doesn't hear what they have to say. The present. (laughs) It's almost kind of over. Okay. Aaron, Hurry up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Listen. Aaron feels lied to. He's the journalist. Chloe was at the cemetery searching for Aubrey, but told him that the graveyard had no significance to her and her family. There must be trust between us, he says. I, the journalist who's stalking you and you, the victim of my stalking. We have to trust each other. They begin talking about Lena. She showed Chloe how to pick a lock with a credit card and convinced her to pick Cooper's lock uh, on his bedroom door uh, back in the day. Okay, He caught them. And Lena turned around and said, oh, hi, Cooper. When, when they were picking the lock on his door. Anyway, Chloe is now sharing things about her past and present with Aaron that she hasn't even shared with Daniel. She thinks there's a connection between her and these missing girls. Maybe there is a copycat. They start brainstorming about who it could be before one name settles in Chloe's mind. Who is that, Alexis?
1: Bert Rhodes.
0: Bert Rhodes. That's right. She's like, mm, he never did like my family. Wonder why. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bert was Lena's father, and the case revealed also the lover of Chloe's mother. Later, they learned that the rock that once came through their mother's window was from Bert Rhodes' hand. Aaron is concerned now and asks Chloe to promise she'll take care of herself. So, Bert Rhodes currently works in home security. Um, Chloe learns she's Googled him. Basically, she's online stalking him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Daniel catches her. It's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, nothing. And he opens the computer and he's like, oh, you want a home security system? I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> During her next secret uh, meeting with Aaron, she presents Bert Rhodes as a possible suspect for the copycat serial killer. Aaron's done some research of his own on Bert. After the death of their daughter, his wife filed a restraining order against him and they're now divorced. Okay. The reason for the initial separation He choked his wife. He choked his wife, just like the girls recently killed were choked to death. Coincidence? Mm. Hmm. Kisas. Aaron urges Chloe to go to the police. But Chloe isn't ready to be the center of this investigation. Soon, Bert Rhodes is standing on Chloe's doorstep. He smiles when he sees her, clears his throat, and asks for Daniel. Daniel hired him to install the security cameras. Things Ooh. like my woman wants protection. I'm gonna get it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, A she was gesture. looking at his stuff, so he thought it was mm-hmm. being supportive.
0: Yeah, he thought he's being supportive. Oh. <laughs> Did you hate when men be supportive. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so this is a sweet gesture that has lured the possible killer right to Chloe's door during a time when they're both alone together because Daniel's not there. I think he's on another work trip. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Bert's really, though, seems to have no idea who she is. She starts asking him a mundane questions like, oh, so where are you from? Do you own the company? He then turns around and asks, Chloe, do you really think I don't know who you are? (laughs) He looks at her with pure hatred, her six figure paycheck and seemingly perfect life. He's been researching Chloe just as she's been researching him. And before he leaves, he asks her another question. Do you ever wonder how it feels? How what feels? To take a life. Then he drives away. And for the first time, Chloe decides to call the police. (laughs) And just now. Just now. Mm -hmm. Part three. Our final part, Big Brother. So, can you describe Chloe detel- telling the detective her suspicion and him realizing who she is? Do you remember this part?
1: Um, I think this when she was sitting in the sitting with the officers and they're in, mm-hmm. they're they're listening to her talk and they're like, "Listen, lady, we know who you are. You picked up that earring, that kind of thing." Are you talking about a different part?
0: Yeah. So this whole time she's been thinking that officer didn't recognize her. He did. And he was waiting for her to bring it up. Basically, I don't know if Chloe thinks she wears a mask, but (laughs) everyone who sees her face remembers it. (laughs) She's like, you remember me? (laughs) Yeah, girl, that was just last week. Weirdo. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Cooper shows up at the house um, and he's like, yo, fiance, travel too much. Xanax is on her counter and Cooper asks if Chloe's been taking them. She denies it. He's not convinced and asks her to stop and get help. This relationship with Daniel isn't healthy, Cooper says. Chloe's like, get out, get out, get out. And he's like, fine. And he returns her key because her brother had a key to her house. So he returns her key and leaves. Later that evening, Chloe sees uh, someone outside digging, but it isn't a man. It is not a man holding the shovel. It's her. She's digging. She watches herself dig and a smile spreads across the digger's fingers. She wakes up and screams. But no sound is coming out of her mouth. Instead, someone has tripped the house alarm. So that's what was disturbing her in her sleep. The alarm is going off. Mm. She imagines Burt Rhodes is outside waiting to get her. She hears someone enter the house as the house alarm blazes. Chloe runs to the closet, searches for Daniel's gun, but inside is a jewelry box. And inside the jewelry jewelry box in Daniel's closet is a necklace belonging to one of the victims. (laughs)
1: Oh, my goodness. Daniel a is man a murderer. A burst
0: through her door. Who is it? It's Daniel. He was away on business, but didn't want to leave her for too long and hurried home. <laughs> As they return to bed, thoughts are on her mind. One, how did Daniel get the necklace of these uh, victims? And why? so strange.
1: He <laughs> smells like honey. Mm. Oh.
0: <laughs> after he showers, while he's uh, while she's pretending to be asleep, she hears him close the closet door. The next day, the box is gone. Yikes. Her brother calls. Their mom has stopped eating. For years, Chloe has resented her mom for trying to take her life after her father was arrested, leaving her children alone, but she never thought what it was actually liked. If her mom was gone. So she rushes to the nursing home and Daniel insists on coming for support. Cooper's angry like you ain't even in the family. So Cooper's angry to see him. And when they arrive, Chloe asks everyone to leave the room. She hasn't told them how she's confident her mom can communicate through finger taps because that sounds crazy. But that's how that's for real What be happening. That's the real part. Mm hmm. While they're alone, using Scrabble tiles, Chloe helps her mom begin to spell what seems like Daniel's name. It's Daniel, and Mom knows something in her mom she reasons knows that Daniel is the copycat
1: killer on the way now, home, now, Chloe realizes Mom no, but okay, go ahead,
0: <laughs> yeah know on the way home, Chloe realizes that Daniel isn't driving them home. they're deep in the woods. He asks her to get out the car, but that don't worry. He only wants to go kayaking, you guys, because that's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to take Chloe's mind off of her anxieties with a little kayak session. They rode to a home that looks familiar. It's the estate where they'll be married. Then Chloe remembers her connection to the latest missing girl. It was the same girl doing her homework on the porch when they toured the estate. The that's the girl again. that's okay. missing. She saw the girl and Daniel saw the girl and now the girl is gone. Her name is Aubrey. Cooper was right. She doesn't know Daniel. Mm. Aaron taught her that copycats are predictable. When Daniel is out of the room, uh, Chloe uses the date of their wedding to unlock Daniel's briefcase. She'd already found out he was not, at one of the conferences, he said he was attending once. So uh, we'll find out later that Chloe found a bunch of receipts. Also, so the detective makes a surprise visit to Chloe's office later, and it's about Bert Rhodes because um, Chloe honestly forgot about Bert at this point. She's like all on Daniel's case, but the officer comes by and he's like, "Hey, I'm here about Bert," and Chloe's like, "Oh yeah, Bert. Um, I don't think he's did did it anymore." <laughs> and the officer's like, "No, no, no. He want to take a restraining out order on you." <laughs> <laughs> and Chloe's like, on me? What did I do? And I completely understand, her <laughs> You'd have lured me to this house to ask me weird questions with your weird life. <laughs> then the detective brings up Ethan Walker. Um, and Ooh. Ethan and Sarah,
1: do you want to describe this? So Ethan is somebody she was in college with, ended up dating. She was living um a lifestyle where she was trying to cover up her grief so she got into a relationship with him and she found out he was messing with her roommate and her roommate had went missing and so she went to try (laughs) to figure out what happened and it turns out maybe he did it and that's when she found out they was together
0: Yeah so she got in her head That Ethan had killed her roommate Because Uh again her root trauma She's like if someone's missing in my life Then the man that I'm with in the moment Or that I love Did it And so she busts in on Ethan She's like broken the dough Waving the fofo And guess what The friend is there hiding out Like yeah I hide out at your boyfriend's house Because I'm (laughs) sick of you Also I'm secretly dating your boyfriend Secretly, dark Very um, messy also They like go to the police about Chloe and it's a mess. So that's like in her record that she's like, yeah, they took out. So this is like her second restraining order that we know about. Problematic she is. Yeah. I mean, the detective reminds Chloe that she's been hurt by the people closest to her. So it's understandable. But stop. (laughs) You have to stop now. Stop trying to inject yourself and be the hero. Get some help. Yikes. He tells her that if she Brutal. tampers with evidence again, remember the earring she mm-hmm. picked up that's tampering with evidence, she'll be arrested. The officer recognized um, recognized her right away. It turns out there was no you know, she was the only one fooling herself <laughs> and her DNA was on it. Clearly, they think she's involved in these cases somehow. So let's move on. Chloe convinces her fiance and her assistant that she's visiting New Orleans for a bachelorette party. Really, though, she's meeting Aaron in a sketchy hotel room because she needs him to help to follow a lead that she can tell no one else about Uh oh. to Daniel's mother's house. And the way she set this up, she called the journalist, Aaron, and she's like, come meet me. And he's like, what for? And she's like, you'll know when we're on our way. Then they sitting in this woman's house and... Mm-hmm. The Aaron, the journalist Aaron realizes this is, uh, Chloe's fiance's mother. Chloe's fiance, Daniel, don't talk to his family. He don't talk about them. He don't talk to them. So the mom, Daniel's mom, don't know Chloe. So they pretend to both be journalists. Um, They see that the husband is abusive. There's trash everywhere. Uh, Sophie was clearly their favorite child, better than all of them, the mother said, including her son. (laughs) And Daniel looks like an Ivy League trust fund kid today. But those behaviors were learned. This filth is where he comes from. The moms always wondered if Daniel had something to do with Sophie's going missing, she says. She told the police, but they didn't think a teenage boy could get away with something like that. Chloe begins snooping around the house. In Daniel's bedroom, she finds a news clipping and on the paper are the eyes of her father. Oh, my goodness. Eyes she's seen since she was 12 years old uh, from when he was on television. Daniel pretended not to know her when they met, but all along he was idolizing the monster of a father she had oh My goodness! the mother then notices Chloe's engagement ring and she's like where did you get this ring and Chloe's like oh well we gotta go and the mother's like that's my Sophie's ring remember that uh, Daniel proposed with the inherited ring well that was uh-huh. his sister's ring it's been in their family for generations and she gave it to Sophie when she was 13 who are you that's the mother's voice and where is they, my Sophie <laughs> and where and where's my Sophie what do you know the, your heart breaks for the mother in the seat actually they run out and when they get in the car Chloe throws the ring on the floor Aaron and Chloe return to the hotel and Chloe shows him what she found in Daniel's briefcase receipts showing he's visited her father's prison many times oh my
1: goodness mm-hmm.
0: Chloe and Aaron begin kissing I don't have to tell you what happens next Maybe I should visit my father, she says later that evening. Aaron convinces her that's a terrible idea. Don't do that, girl. Aaron leaves to call his editor. Chloe takes two Xanax and sleeps for a whole day. When she comes to, her phone is full of messages. Everyone's trying to reach her. Her friend's like, I don't know why you told your fiance you with me, but obviously you ain't. Where are you? You know, I don't even care. Uh, She finds Aaron's press badge in the sheets, by the way. She calls back her friend, Shannon, who she's supposed to be in New Orleans with. And Shannon's stepdaughter is now missing. Shannon's frantic. Shannon's like, obviously you got issues to work out, but girl, I can't worry about that right now because my stepdaughter is missing during a time when girls are missing and then found dead. Mm Mm-hmm. So Chloe remembers Shannon telling Chloe and Daniel how Riley, the stepdaughter, sneaks out. So her daughter is probably uh, dead because of Daniel. She's thinking, "My fiance probably killed your stepdaughter because you were telling us day. she sneaks
1: out, mm, huh?" And she must save the day.
0: And I must save the day. That's right. That's uh, the thing with her. Mm-hmm. Chloe's like, "I gotta save the day." So she then listens to Daniel's voicemail. He loves her, but he's leaving. She needs to work out whatever she's going through, he says. Where is he and where is Riley? Chloe thinks. Ooh. She returns home and looks at the security camera. She watches as Daniel takes out the necklace, stroking it before leaving. She knows where she where he's going, she thinks, to her childhood home because he's obsessed with her father. Of course. So that home... <laughs> that home is bare like basically abandoned mm-hmm. no one else wanted it so she rushes to her childhood home picks the lock using Aaron's press badge like Lima taught her with a credit card so many years ago Riley is on the floor drugged heavily she found the stepdaughter Chloe solved one case out of the 500 <laughs> she's been <laughs> trying to solve definitely two then cases Chloe Oh, yeah. Then Chloe hears her name, but it's not from Daniel. Who's it from, Alexis? Cooper.
1: Oh, Aaron.
0: That's right, Aaron. Between Aaron and Chloe is Aaron's press badge. She must have dropped it. She picks it up, looks closer. The force from the door is causing the badge to crack because it's not real. Mm. It's not a real press badge. She then realizes, too, that he looks nondescript on purpose. Aaron exists, but this Aaron in front of her is mimicking him. She's never met the real Aaron, the journalist from the New York Times, because the Aaron she knows is playing a deadly game. Why did you do it? She asks him. Aaron responds, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Uh He steps closer. He made me do it. He made me do it, Uh he says. Mm -hmm. Chloe feels like she's floating outside of herself as she takes a gun from her purse and shoots the man in front of her dead. Fake Aaron is now dead. Oh, that happened so fast. Fake Aaron, fake Aaron is real dead. So (laughs) she is then in the police office telling them everything. They've rescued Riley and Daniel has... was never the culprit. It's clear that the detective believes everything she's saying, but why the change of heart? Obviously, he knows who fake Aaron is. The detective tells Chloe the man she's known as Aaron is really named Tyler. He's from her childhood town. That nameless kid so many years ago that was looking through their family window, remember, she chased him down and he was like, nobody, I'm nobody. Mm -hmm. That's Tyler. Mm. And that Tyler is the Aaron She's been spending time with and has even spent a night with mm. um, I guess because Chloe doesn't remember faces, she thinks no one remembers hers, <laughs> but
1: I repeat, no one knows her,
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't see me, girl, we see you okay, anyway, Chloe rushes home to wash Tyler off of her, and while in the bath, she hears a noise, she realizes Daniel never left, he's in the house, oh Lord, um. He then explains what happens to his sister. His sister, he wanted to help her get out of their family home because it was so abusive. And so um, during this time when girls were going missing, actually, it wasn't even because of that. Um, They cocked up, they cooked up a plan where she would walk to a quote unquote friend's house and they facilitated her running away. It took forever for her parents to start caring and then looking for her. And by that time, she was already gone. So Chloe's like, I know you killed your sister. And Daniel's like, I didn't kill her. I saved her. So he then proceeds to explain why he's been visiting her father. But we don't hear that part yet in the book. We just know that that conversation begins. We fast forward to a little later when Cooper stops by. Cooper walks in, grabs a glass of wine and kisses his sister's head, asking, you know, how do you feel? You've been through a really rough time. What's going on? And she asks him, she asks Cooper, her brother, what was Tyler like? Oh. After all, he was your friend. You sought him out. You brought him here. Why would I do that? Cooper asks. But Chloe can tell he's lying. Flashback! Oh, Dale explains. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Daniel explains that as Chloe talked more about her dad some things didn't make sense Um, so why would he try to protect Chloe when those girls went missing for example like why is he so obsessed with you coming in the house at a certain time and being safe if he's the one killing the girls and why were his only words when arrested be good He then waits for Chloe to connect the dots. It wasn't her dad that took those girls. It was her brother. Her brother had this sickness. Now to the present. I don't know what to tell you, Chloe. I have a darkness inside. Those are Cooper's words. The same words she's heard her father say as if he'd heard them somewhere. remember when the father was saying it, it didn't seem genuine. Mm. Well, that's because he was just repeating the words his son had told him. Because they were his words. They were Cooper's words. Her father was only repeating them. When she thought her dad was looking at Lena, he was really looking at Cooper. He wasn't staring at that little girl belly. He was staring at his son like, should I take you to the police? I don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah, you should have. So explain where the bodies are, Alexis. Do you remember? No. (laughs) Well, I have in my notes... Explain where the bodies are, and I don't remember. (laughs) Wow! Oh, I kind of do. Yeah, so as kids, uh, Cooper and Chloe used to play in like the swamps of Louisiana, and um, there was like a secret place that they used to go to and play, and that's where the bodies are. So, explain Cooper trying to attack Chloe before realizing
1: he's drugged, Alexis. I think it's like one of those slow motion things where they kind of reach, reach for you and then they fall to the floor and she stands over exactly. and is like, gotcha.
0: Yeah. And it's really hard for her because that's really the person now she loves the most. And all this truth is just crushing her. Um, but it also shows us how far Cooper will go to protect himself and to continue doing what he loves to do, which is taking lives. He would even attack Chloe. Detectives are waiting outside. She's recorded the whole thing. So Chloe visits Sophie. Security system. Oh, that's right. Thanks, Bert (laughs) Rhodes. So time passes, and Chloe visits a Sophie on what was supposed to be Chloe and Daniel's wedding day. They're not together at the moment. Chloe and Daniel. That's probably for the best. She hears Daniel's voice inside the house while giving Sophie back her ring. She then leaves before seeing before she can see Daniel as she walks away she thinks about her brother lying helplessly on the floor and how good it felt to have control over someone for once mm. she then catches a firefly and before killing it sets it free what does this what? mean Alexis <laughs> <laughs> before is she killing it she sets him free yeah she don't kill it sorry that was worded terribly <laughs> my my bad not Stacey's this is me that wrote this note hmm. Yes, yeah, so a little darker then. All right, you ready to take a break? Anything else you want to add? I do not. All right, that's the end. Let's take a break. Okay. And we're back. Alexis, what did you think of A Flicker in the Dark by Stacey Willingham? Would you recommend this book?
1: Okay, so this book was interesting. I think I, I felt like I needed to hear your retelling to actually make a decision, to make a decision. I don't know if I like it. I think there's so many questions in here. Um, and then I initially suspected the brother <laughs> from the beginning. And then once I heard the father say, um, be good. Well, he didn't say that. Johnny, be good. He said, be good. Okay. As soon as he said that, I was like, the son uh, is the killer. It's the okay. son. All right, then. And then like halfway into the book, she's looking at Daniel and I'm like, it's too early, <laughs> so can't be Daniel. It's too early to, yeah, it's true. Can't be Daniel. And then I feel like it's so many questions. Why is the journalist killing women for her brother? Hmm, what's the answer? Oh no! <laughs> well, what's the answer? Is it in the book? I don't know. Why was her brother killing women because of the darkness? I don't know. <laughs> is and, that not good enough for you? And why <laughs> did her brother put the body behind her job? Why is he killing her patients? What's the reason for that? I why he would he try her. to set up his sister? Yes. Yeah. That's insane. Well,
0: Aaron did that.
1: But why but would why? Aaron do But And yeah. he said, I did what I was told. He made me do it. Oh. Who is he? And why did he make you do it? What did he have over you? What did he have over you? Mm. So many unanswered questions for this book. So I have to pass. I'm confident I do not need to read it again. I would not recommend this book. (laughs) Kari, how about you? What's your final verdict? And would you (laughs) recommend this book?
0: I actually recommended it to someone and to that person, uh, you have my deepest apologies. <laughs> Listen, I have fun reading this book. I love the twists and turns. Um, but it did become I'm gonna guess who I'm gonna guess the person who did it is the person the book least wants me to guess. And once you do that, once you follow that logic, it's clearly the brother. Mm-hmm. Because the book wants you to love the brother and to think of him as her sole protector. So, of course, he's a murderer. And
1: they only mention Um, him like six times in the book anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Daniel, it's just too obvious. Uh, I mean, he's going away on these work trips Mm -hmm. and he's gorgeous. So you really want me to think he's bad? Uh, But it's just too obvious. And you're right. that, That twist comes too early to be true. Um, so the brother is revealed uh, at the very end of the book. Um, did I enjoy this? Chloe's an annoying character. She she's not. You don't take her side ever. You don't take her side ever. Yeah, you don't. You don't think. Yeah, I would have did it just like Chloe did, and that's kind of important uh, for a protagonist to be relatable. Even if the decisions they make aren't the decisions you would make, the the reasoning has to be there, and you have to be on board with that. And I wasn't. And yeah, what is everyone's why? So, with great storytelling, it's important that every character, every character's action is not uh, this happened and this happened and this happened. It's a reaction to something that has happened. That is such an important piece. Um, and so, I did feel with this book, everyone's why is missing. Oh, you kind of know who they are.
1: is missing.
0: Yeah, no one has a why. I mean, maybe the mom, the mom is in grief, tries to take her life and becomes a vegetable. Got it. Uh, But the
1: brother's start is so weak. Like, what is this trauma that made him so dark? And even if there wasn't any trauma, why? Why is he doing it? Why is he killing Mm. people his sister knows? Why? And why is he sending other people to kill (laughs) people his sister knows? But he's still supposed to be her protector?
0: I think this book needed one more layer. I think that um, there should have been maybe a group like a boarding school, another setting and a boarding school, um, maybe situation where the brother comes back with the darkness. Maybe Tyler went to that school also, and they share some type of trauma that leads them to these actions. Um, and that trauma could be revealed even in the next book. But but I think there has to be a layer some motivation for Cooper and then Tyler slash Aaron. Otherwise, no one's actions really make sense. Yeah, I want I want um, Cooper to go away for a while and come back odd. (laughs) I want him (laughs) to go away. I
1: don't know, but just still Tyler was mentioned twice in the book.
0: Okay. But then I'm like, what happened to y'all in that boarding school? What was going on? What, what's happened? Why y'all come back so messed up? You know?
1: It's too much. I don't know. It's too much. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Kari. Um, oh, I feel so uneasy. Mm. Uneasy. I just feel disappointed I had to read that book. But Oh, Melissa. man. <laughs> I hate doing it to you, friend. <laughs> what are we reading next yeah. week? Your guess is as good as mine. What is it? <laughs> Othello, baby. Othello by William Shakespeare. This is our first Shakespearean play. This is our first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to Lit Society. We look forward to meeting up with you next week, Thursday and Wednesday oh, yeah. for oh, the yeah. YouTube edition. Lit Society mm-hmm. is brought to you by myself, Alexis Anaria, and... Kari Herrera. Support okay. the cause by leaving a five star review on our show, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And mm-hmm. leave a comment on both about why you absolutely love us because mm-hmm. we love you too so much. If you've enjoyed what you've just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter. And until next time, readers, read something. Read
0: something.